Welcome to the Business in Vancouver podcast. I'm Haley Wooden. I'm Tyler Orton. And this podcast is brought to you by Manning Elliott Accountants and Business Advisors. Haley, we've got a good interview for all our listeners leading into the long weekend here. Uh, me and Kirk LaPointe got to sit down on the show to talk to Frank Palmer. This guy is kind of a legend within the advertising industry here in Vancouver. He started in the 1960s. It was not exactly a hotbed of creativity here mm. on the West Coast. We're still kind of that... Um, little antiquated kind of login town to a certain degree. So Mad Men wasn't happening en masse in you, okay. Vancouver boardrooms? I don't want to spoil anything for <laughs> listeners, but we do have a Mad, Man, uh, Mad Men conversation in uh, th- this uh, great conversation that we have with Frank Palmer coming up just after this. But Frank Palmer, right now, he is the CEO of DDB Canada. I want to you know, just tee it off and say, guys, listen to this. It's going to be great. But first, I think we're going to take a little bit of a break before we jump into that. We will. This podcast is brought to you by Manning Elliott Accountants and Business Advisors. Manning Elliott has been providing expert accounting, assurance, business advisory, tax, and valuation services to businesses in the Lower Mainland and Fraser Valley since 1952. If you're serious about taking your business and brand to the next level, And if you want an accounting firm that'll be there to help you every step of the way, give Manning Elliott Accountants and Business Advisors a call at 604-714-3600. That's 604-714-3600. Or you can check them out online at manningelliott.ca. Well, coming up now is our interview with Frank Palmer, CEO of DDB Canada. And welcome back to the program. You're listening to Business in Vancouver on Roundhouse Radio 98.3. We're the daily business news program from the Business in Vancouver newspaper and our newly renovated website, Tyler. It's beautiful. BIB.com. I'm Kirk LaPointe. I'm Tyler Orton. Our next guest, he's been in the ad industry since the 1960s. He's overseen dramatic changes here in Vancouver. He's a leader in the city when it comes to advertising, from trend advertising to Palmer Jarvis. Now, DDB Canada, Frank Palmer has been there every step of the way. And his biography, Let's Get Frank, is available in bookstores. And I'd like to welcome Frank Palmer. He's the CEO and chairman of DDB Canada. Frank, thanks for joining us on the show. You're very welcome. So what was Vancouver like back in the 1960s in the ad industry? I can't imagine it was a big hotbed of creativity and talent at that particular moment in time. But tell me what it was like for you. Well, there was a number of um, larger you know, I want to say international, but uh, agencies that were headquartered here from Toronto. And there was a lot of uh, small shops like ours at the time. I started in, basically in 1969 after finishing uh, art school and working for KVOS-TV, which was a uh, U.S. border station at the time. And uh, for me, the advertising agency business back then was pretty much like when you look at Mad Men on TV. It was pretty oh, yeah. much... It I was, was going to ask about Mad Men yeah, before was, very long. But it was yeah, pretty it was much okay. that period. I mean, yeah. it was like... I So I lived in the 70s and 80s when the ad business was a lot of fun and there was a lot of um, things that were taking place and the agency business was so co- very competitive at that point in time. And it was so much in- more interesting to me. If you had a successful point. meeting, did you have a drink afterward the way that we, uh, Don Well, I, actually, we all, all of our senior executives mm-hmm. had a little bar fridge in their office. So oh, no, it wasn't a matter whether you waited till five o'clock. You had be, a yeah. drink during the day. They'd march you to the curb now, I think, if you did that. Yeah, uh, especially here. As, here. Yeah, I yeah. think journalists might take advantage of that. Yeah, that's, well, well, that's true. So, yeah. Well, yeah. I, I don't remember. You remember Trader Vex when it was down by the Bayshore? in right there was one of the executives at kbos tv that would go there on a regular basis and he'd be there by noon and his martini be waiting
working for him. It was every day he'd be there with a different client. So it was those days that uh, were a lot of fun. You lived to the ripe old age of yeah. 32. Yeah. yeah right, right. <laughs> but by the way, how did you manage to stay here? You must have been pressed a, a, yeah. a, dozens of times to go to Toronto, to go to New York, to go to Los Angeles. How did you stay here, Frank? Well, I, this is my home. I was born and raised here. And, and when I actually did the deal with DDB, I actually um, went through a number of advertising agencies that uh, I talked to privately. And when I did my deal, I was I did it in private. So I flew to New York on the weekends and hmm. talked to a few agencies. And, and when they finally said, uh, we'd like to do a, a business deal with you, I said that uh, I, I would... Part of the deal was I live in Vancouver because I didn't really want to move to Toronto. And even though I'm in Toronto a lot, yeah. I preferred to stay in Vancouver. So it was all part of the original deal that I made. Yeah. So I said I'd stay in here. Do you, it, it, obviously, the reason they let you do that is that they must feel like you have some kind of secret sauce, right? How, how, do, you, how do you describe it in your book about what it is about you that understands what makes for successful connection between a good and a service and a customer? That's a great question. I mean, obviously, uh, one of the clients we worked on with a special sauce was McDonald's restaurants for many, many years. And I had a couple of um, mentors in the business. One of them was Bill Bremner that worked and was the chairman of Vickers and Benson Hmm. and Ron Marcoux, who was the president of McDonald's restaurants. And of course, being a young guy in the business at that point in time, if I had an issue or a problem, uh, I, I would talk to them. And of course, one of the things that they all said to me is be honest, be truthful. And, and, and even though clients sometimes don't want to hear the truth, I was always one to be able to say to them, hey, I got your best interest at heart. Hmm. And I'd work really hard to make sure that uh, what we were doing always was the best for them, not the best for us. If yeah. it was the best for them, it would become the best for us. Yeah, I, I don't want to dominate here, but w- what is among the most difficult um messaging that you've had to give back to a client as somebody in your space to say you know this this is not going to work the well i mean it, it you've had to be frank frank well no i know i've had to be frank for clients and i've basically one story that's in the book that um uh, Bill Duncan was our client with Mohawk, and at the time it was Mother Nature's gas station if you remember they used ethanol and we pitched the business and Bill, I could watch him and just watch his eyes in the room, and I could see he was nervous with the commercials that we were pitching. Anyways, we sold the campaign, and uh, Bill went back to the office, which was in Burnaby at the time, and I phoned him. And I said, Bill, I said, you're a little nervous, right? He said, yeah, I know, but you got to trust myself, and i got to trust my people. i got to trust your people. I said, yeah, but you're a little bit nervous, aren't you? And he said, yeah. I said, well, I'm not going to let you do it. He said, what do you mean? I said, you're going to go tell your ad guy at the time that you want to see the agency come back with another set of commercials. And he Mm. said, can I do that? I said, Bill, you're the president. You can do anything you want. (laughs) So uh, an hour later, a guy comes into my office at the time and said, Frank, you're not going to believe that. You know the campaign we just sold? I said, yeah. He said, we can't do it. He said, Bill doesn't want to do it. I said, oh, really? So for me, pushing back, telling the truth, making sure that the clients got the best for what they were ordering was the right thing for them because advertising agencies sometimes push creative on them for the sense of just edgy, edgy. And, and it may not be right for the client. Mm-hmm. And yet on other times, it's the right thing to do. So if it's the right thing to do and the client's uncomfortable, I will still push and say, you should do this, trust me, trust me. And it's all about trust. And that's maybe the hardest thing to sort of gain in this business is trust because we're in the business of selling stuff, you know, yeah, stuff. Yeah. 
So then how do you build up that trust? How are you building these relationships with clients that make them take that leap and, and know that you're doing the right thing for them? Well, it's it's a very difficult uh, today, more so than ever before, because uh, when we were back in the 70s and 80s and 90s and up to the early 2000s, we were able to get in front of the president, not only the marketing directors, but since then, what's happened is that many clients today are all go through procurement, and you got to get three quotes or four quotes, and you the marketing director is working on behalf of the president, but you don't get to see the president. And so often, when I was in front of the president, I would spend probably, if I was there an hour or two, that president would want to talk about everything but advertising, and then spend about 10 or 15 minutes when we're finished our conversation on advertising. Yeah, exactly. So I would know more about their life and what they wanted and what turned them on and what turned them off. So when the marketing director would say to me, Frank, I think you think you know the president really well. What color of blue does he like? I know the shade of blue. Mm, yeah, right. So I was a very, very, got very close to the presidents because I became their uh, ally or friend, confidant. Mm. Mm. That doesn't happen today. That yeah. does not happen in our business today. Yeah. Frank Palmer's our guest, of course. He's the CEO and chairman of DDB Canada. Uh, he's been in the advertising business for a half century, and his new book is called Let's Get Frank, just recently published. Uh, I, I want to talk about relationships and all that uh, because I think you would say right now the pendulum sometimes swings very far away from having relationships into this era of technology now. So the technology prevailing over the personal discussions that you have with people in order to essentially create an authentic, um, an authentic campaign and all that. How how have you navigated those changes, Frank? Because you, you, you're the consummate relationship guy in this space. Well, I mean, it for, for me, as I said, it's getting more and more difficult to get in front of the people who make the decision, and more and more clients are at a stage right now that they almost don't trust their own decisions uh, or because they want to test everything. And I most recently had another article that I said that 99% of advertising today is crap. I mean, <laughs> you don't pay any attention to it because if you sift through it, you're just going to get sand. You don't send it. You don't say the nuggets are gone. So the majority of advertising that you see on radio, TV, newspaper, whatever it happened, magazine, outdoor, there's no risk in it. And in order to get a great advertising campaign, I still believe that most of it still comes from the gut. It's a, a person who's been in the advertising business who knows the client and really understands them. And, and then it hopefully will allow you to take some risks to do some great advertising that stands out. And it, you just don't see it anymore. You know, I mean, you're talking about the great, everybody wants to watch the Super Bowl for their ads. The ads today in the Super Bowl are more gimmicky than ever before. They're not the ads that you used to see for Budweiser. Yeah. What, what's your favorite commercial, by the way? You, um, must, you must have one. Well, they're, they're, the, the one commercial that I really can remember that I really, really liked was for uh, Tabasco sauce. And it was, uh, unfortunately, sauce. we didn't do it, but it was done by our company way back probably in the 80s where a, a guy is sitting there holding a, a slice of pizza and he pours some Tabasco sauce onto it to make it a little bit hotter. And a mosquito flies onto his arm. And he's looking at the mosquito as it's taking a bit of his blood and it flies into the air and it goes, boom, <laughs> blows up. Simple ad, no words. Uh, and you knew it was Tabasco and you knew it was hot. And I mean, that kind of commercial, and it doesn't you don't see that today very often. 
I mean, it, it, there's not as much thought that goes into some of the spots as some of the old spots. Is it just a matter of things being, I guess, committed to death yeah. to a certain degree? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there was a there was an old David Ogilvy story about when David was asked to pitch uh, a, a particular account, and the client said, um, "We're going to interview ten agencies all at one time. You're going to sit in an auditorium, and um, and then what's happening? We're going to give you sixty seconds. You're going to come up and give your little pitch, and we're going to ring a bell, and we're going to bring the next guy up." And so David Ogilvy came up and he said, "I have a couple of questions." He said, "How many people?" He said, uh, "Make the decision." He says, "There's a committee of nine. He says, "Ring the bell." <laughs> so the point being is that you have to work in a committee situation. There's no success in Wasn't your Wasn't Ogilvy, though, also the guy who said that half of all advertising works, we just don't know which half. That's right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, there was, all, it was, there was also, I think it was one of the Woolworths way back when, if you remember that. That's a long time before my time. But they said, we know that half our advertising work, we just don't know what half. <laughs> the other thing that I can't help but notice with regards to the ad industry is, you know, growing up, there's, you know, TV ads, there are billboards, I'd open the newspaper, there'd be ads there. But now it's just everywhere. You're being, you know, just shocked with the things from, say, your your phone to your desktop computer. How do you break through? How do you actually get people to pay attention to? I like that advertising things? on your pen there, Tyler. Yeah, I've got a Glacier Media pen right, right, with me. Yeah, yeah. Somehow you're going to have to. First of all, it's harder to break through than ever before because there's. But but a great idea will always break through, and there's not that many ideas that break through. And, and, um, but if you want to get rid of it, uh, it's going to be hard to get rid of because you, you, there's advertising just everywhere you turn. Yeah. I mean, it's just everywhere. And sometimes you just have to tune out, just tune out completely. I once drove my kids to school and said, I want you to keep track. I'll give you 10 cents for every image you see. Right. Uh, I had to go to an ATM. <laughs> like, I was like, just, I'm going to give you every image between here and school. Yeah. It was, it was unbelievable. It is right in our face now. I mean, what I do today is, uh, what I'm trying to do today is work with uh, the, all our people, our creative people and, and our executives that run the company to make sure that they're always trying to do the right thing for the client and always trying to do break-free creative that gets noticed. And when we do get noticed and hopefully win an award for it, uh, that gives us uh, hopefully satisfaction. But clients today just don't want to win awards. They, they want the sales results. Mm-hmm. And fortunately mm-hmm. for us, in a number of campaigns that we've done, we've done both. Yeah, 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 of course. Yeah, yeah, and that gives me a lot of pleasure when you see ads that you have to push the client to do. And then at the end of the day, even though they were uncomfortable, it won and they got more sales results. Do you feel like you're able, I mean, obviously you're such a luminary in this business that people would want to work for you, Frank, but is it difficult to attract quality people out to this city right now, as it's, opposed to being in Toronto, again, New York, Los Angeles? It, well, people come here for the lifestyle. Uh, they will come here f- to work for less money, actually, also, mm-hmm. because this market can't pay what Toronto or New York or other markets can. But people who, who come here want are just as talented, uh, in some cases, many more talent, more talent. Because on the West Coast, you have agencies in Portland like Whedon and Kennedy that are doing some of the best work in the world. Right, they still have yeah. Nike after all these years. But they, so they live on the West Coast. So for, fortunately for me, I was able to go back and forth and still do almost monthly. But uh, if we want to, the people will come to our agency to, to work on the work. It, it's like, what clients do you have? Like if you're a store, what great brands do you sell? That attracts people. So if we have great clients for them to work on, we can attract great people. For somebody who's getting into the industry right now, what 
piece of advice on the creative side should they be taken away from you? How do they figure out how to break through and maybe kind of balance that relationship with the client as well? Well, they first of all, they have to find some way of showing their work to an agency creative director. And I think that most of the creative directors in Vancouver currently understand how difficult it is to get a job here. And they're probably more open to see their book of work than somebody mm. in Toronto even. Mm. Because, you know, everybody's trying to get a job in Toronto. Out here, to track people, we want to see a really good book. So they're more open to sort of see uh, resumes and, and work from people. Uh, so, are agencies still taking chances on people, though, without a large portfolio yeah, who, who, you just, who yeah. you just say, I can tell that person's mind is going to be really great for my yeah. company. Well, we bring students in every year from uh, schools to say, we we'll come in and do a little intern for the year and see what kind of work. And if they turn out to be good, we hire them. And if they're, if we can't keep them, then we try to recommend them to another agency. I'm still friends with the majority of agencies in Vancouver because I've been here for, for a long time. Most of these agencies that are currently here have all been through DDB or Palmer Jarvis oh, yeah. University. Yeah. Yeah. So they're all leaders running those agencies. So it's a. Well, excellent. Frank, I want to thank you so much for joining us on the show today. Oh, pleasure to be here. Thank that's, you. That's Frank Palmer. He's CEO and chairman of DDB Canada. And you're listening to Business in Vancouver on Roundhouse Radio 98.3. I'm Tyler Orton. And I'm Kurt Point. After the break, Dan Baxter from the BC Chamber of Commerce is going to join us. He's going to discuss what is uh, keeping businesses awake at night. Stay with us. And that was Frank Palmer, CEO of DDB Canada. It was a fun conversation that we had there, Haley. And I, I could have poked him around for even like more details on that Mad Men era that he was uh, talking about there. <laughs> How the industry has evolved. It's pretty amazing. And he's been there to see it oh, change yeah. over the decades. But that's just it. Like he was just being honest about how people nowadays just need to go with their guts, but they're kind of being stymied by all these other kind of external forces that aren't allowing them to just be super creative and to a certain degree, super outrageous. You kind of get sort of this kind of bland stuff that is just becoming way too pervasive in the ad industry now. Although I can see, and we've talked about this on the podcast and the radio show, you know, you get Pepsi's, these multi-million dollar, multi-billion dollar companies, and they sometimes they mi miss the mark. Yeah. Right. You know, so like I, I Police get the brutality. Fear. Don't worry about it, guys. <laughs> and, Just and Kendall, have a pop. Is it Kendall or Kylie? I can't remember. One of the Jenners. Yeah. It's one of the Jenners. Yeah. So I, I get the hesitancy, but I also get the creativity. It pays off if you get it right and you're you're honest. Yeah. Well, I want to thank you all for listening to this show. And uh, Haley, if anyone wants to find you online or social media, what's the best way to do so? My handle is at Haley Wooden. I just passed a thousand followers. Oh wow! It's been touch and go because someone was unfollowing me, so I went from a thousand to nine nine nine, back to a thousand. Uh, I'm I'm in the four digits. Okay. But if anyone wants to follow me and and help me out in this fight keep me above 1000 i'd appreciate it you know i've known you for almost two years maybe i should follow you one of these days <laughs> maybe it was you maybe you it was saw me. I, hit I was 1, trolling and you, just you. Yeah. <laughs> unfollow and uh, of course we have lots of business news at biv.com tyler what about you yeah go find me on social media twitter's the best way i'm at reporton that's r-e-p-o-r-t-o-n and until next time I want to say that Manning Elliott has brought this podcast to you, so that's great of them. And until next time, this is the Business in Vancouver podcast. 